But it's also important that every now and again, the sporting world kind of gives it a, a unique individual or individuals and a couple of life-changing stories that kind of touch the core of our hearts and inspire us to be, to be better, to do better. And the following story probably is exactly that, a very talented sportsman who headed to Aberdeenshire Cricket Club in Scotland last year for his placement as an overseas cricketer. And after an excellent start, he picked up what he thought was just a little bit of a, a virus, or even at times they said it's probably a flu that he had. And a couple of days later, he was placed in an induced coma in July, only to be diagnosed with the Guillain-Barre syndrome. And if you're wondering what that syndrome is all about, the GBS, it's a, it's a rare condition affecting nerves that control our senses as well as movements, which are kind of your peripheral nerves, including the facial nerves as well. So the disease kind of essentially tricks the nervous system, which results in the immune system attacking its own body with most damage to the nerves happening. Now, let's quickly fast forward to 2020. Same individual tests positive for coronavirus. But you know what? There are just some very brave soldiers out there in this world. And the good news is that he is very, very upbeat. He is very determined. He is in good spirits. And he joins me on the line. Solo Nguyeni. Good evening, Bob. How's it, Rob? Um, thanks for having me on. How are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling relieved, I think is the word. Uh, since I've tested negative from COVID now and sort of gone through the whole uh, recovery process. Yeah. That, that, that would have been crazy. I mean, we, we were just all trying to focus on the whole GBS issue, and then there's coronavirus as well. Tell me the, the background to that, because obviously that's the latest. We'll go back to what happened with you and, and GBS, but give us a bit of background around coronavirus, when and how. Um, the coronavirus or the GBS? No, the coronavirus issue. Let's start there. Uh, 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 the COVID, yes. Yeah. So, so I've been back in, in South Africa for the past couple of months, and um, since I've been home, I've been doing therapy sort of five times a week, um, obviously in an attempt to, to rehabilitate my body and all of that. Um, and when you go to therapy, they obviously take all of the necessary precautions, right? They check your temperature, um, they, they sanitize your hands and everything. And I had never had an issue with the, the temperature machine before. And all of a sudden, mm. I started noticing let's say this is week one now, I started noticing that my temperatures were quite high. And before I was allowed to be led into therapy, um, they would have to bring me cold water or they would have to wait for me to sit outside for 10 to 15 minutes. So, so I found that to be quite odd. Week two, that's when, that's when things got pretty rough. Um, I was at home, couldn't move, very sick. Um, every time I blow my nose, it's blood. My eyes are sore, I've got headaches. And I'm not a person who generally gets headaches. 
Um, I'm having cold sweats, um, having high temperatures, and pretty much for that whole week, uh, I wasn't able to to leave my room. I wasn't able to to go to therapy at all. Not once did we think it's COVID. Um, we just thought maybe this is the first time I've been flu or had um, some kind of other illness outside of the GBS. So, and we thought it's obviously the changing of the seasons. So I was just doing the normal self-medication, sort of once or twice a day, um, taking your vitamin C's, taking your gingers, taking your, your lemon. And the week after that, I started feeling physically a bit better, but I still had um, some symptoms. I was having mouth ulcers, um, and, and I was really struggling. I couldn't eat. I would have to take, like, smoothies and stuff. My throat was sore. Um, so I wanted to try and attempt to go back to therapy because I thought, okay, I'm dealing with, 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 these, with this flu that I've got right now. And the therapist said, well, before you can come back, um, we need some kind of medical clearance because obviously we're dealing with a whole bunch of different patients and, and we're kind of hands-on, even though we do take all of the necessary precautions. So I was like, okay, that's fine. And I booked an appointment with my doctor over here, went to the doctor, um, explained to him sort of what I'd been going through the past sort of two and a half weeks. Um, and he said, well, listen, the only way we're going to know is if you, is if you take the test. Um, that day, went and took the test. Unfortunately, um, I tested positive. Um, and from then on in, I had to sort of self-isolate for, for two weeks and he said to me that I need to be doing what I was doing sort of the week and a half before to treat myself, but do that three times a week. And I would have to get back to him if I started having problems with my breathing, breathing because that's when I would have to go on the ventilator and go to hospital. Um, so, yeah, I've been, I was in isolation for two weeks, just me and my care worker. I have a care worker who looks after me uh, 24 hours a day. I was separated and isolated from everyone else in the family. Uh, there's seven of us in the house, and everyone else tested negative. So I was on an island on my own, just fighting this thing. Sure. But how did that make you feel, though, kind of powerless? Because to, to give people a sense, uh, I know probably two individuals right now who are positive for coronavirus, and the only thing that they talk about is the fact that around the chest area, it is difficult solo to breathe. It is very difficult. It is very painful. It is the most painful thing they've ever ever encountered i don't know what your experience was like maybe just kindly share that because we are in a situation right now where any bit of information is gold to us all right <laughs> we'll try to get solo back on the line um I, I do believe obviously even with our previous uh, caller uh, not even our caller, our guest uh, cairo also kind of disappeared um i didn't formally say an excuse or apologize for that i'm not too sure what is happening i think our lines are freezing up due to the uh, temperature dropping somewhat uh, but yeah cairo i wanted to thank you as well for your time uh, we we're just not able to get you back on the line uh, so we'll also get solo back we'll continue on this uh, conversation because i just wanted to know from his side what is it like for people that have not experienced or have not known people that have the coronavirus, what were you going through? I was saying that the two people that I know who are positive of the virus itself um, have complained about the respiratory organs being extremely, extremely painful and tight. Yes, sorry for the, the loss of connection there. Um, no yeah, problem. look, it, it was honestly like the flu of all flus. Um, like, like I said, I was having 
bad, bad, bad headaches, even migraines, you could say. Um, my eyes would be sore. Even if I moved my eyes from left to right, it would be pain. Um, my throat was sore. I had ulcers all over my mouth and my tongue, so I was unable to eat. I was coughing. I was sweating. I had high temperatures. I had it all. And I was very, very anxious about it getting into my chest because I've been on a ventilator before, you know, um, since my Gilliam bar and being in Scotland. So I, I had a lot of anxiety around that because I know how it feels to, to be on a ventilator. It's, it's one of the worst things in the world, but it keeps you alive ultimately, you know. So for me, I'm very, very fortunate that it didn't get to that stage. And that is what my doctor warned me about in that as soon as I feel there is something different in my breathing or my breathing becomes difficult, I call him immediately. And just one thing to add on about the anxiety is that, you know, since I also got the TB last year, so my lungs aren't in the greatest of shape either at the moment. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's scary. It's scary. But, but, I mean, here you are, surviving coronavirus, surviving GBS, surviving tuberculosis as well. You know, it, it, it's it's quite weird to even ask you, what is it besides the mental side of things that is keeping you going? Because surely there's a purpose. Surely there's a definite goal that you are trying to achieve, and you're not about to go down anytime soon. I know, and, and it's difficult um, because I feel like with my cricketing career, I was at the prime time in my career and, and taking mm. that step uh, to the next level. So initially when this whole thing happened, Obviously, I didn't know what was happening to me. I didn't know what, what was happening to my body. When I woke up in ICU, I could only move my eyes, my, my body. I was paralyzed from head to toe. Um, I was extremely scared. Um, I was a prisoner in my own body. You know, I could see, I could, I could feel, I could hear, but I couldn't talk. I couldn't drink. I couldn't eat um, for, for three months. And a lot of the time you do, you do ask yourself, why is this happening to you? You know, I was weighing 85 kgs as an athlete and I dropped to 59 kgs, sticks and bones. I didn't even recognize myself when the first time I saw myself in the mirror after four months. You know, I didn't, I, I was, I was shocked. So, I mean, you do ask yourself, why are you? But I eventually got to the, to the stage where I began to ask myself, why not me? You know, why must this happen to, to someone else? And, and not to me, because at the end of the day, I am just a human being. And once I, I adopted that sort of mindset, it's made me a lot more, I wouldn't say at ease, because every single day you deal with the situation. You know, you, you wake up and there's days where you, you actually can't tell what's real, whether you're in a dream or not. Like, you don't, you don't feel like what you're going through right now is real and is, and is your life. But you just, you just have to kind of snap out of it and focus on, what you can do on that particular day to take yourself forward, regardless of, of the situation you're in. And that's, that's sort of the mindset I've been trying to adopt. And I feel like my sporting story is not done, and that's a big motivation for me. Uh, any of your thoughts as well, 0605842250, chatting to Solo Nkweni, uh, who's just come back into the country earlier this year, is back in South Africa. Some amazing people have been assisting contributing collaborating generous enough whatever the word is that you want to use they've been there supporting which is the greatest thing and we're just glad that is with us able to share and tell his story but we'll get down to the one that really 
possibly could have put an end to him. But he's here, back and bouncing. Hi, Rob and Bev. Robert, this is a tough situation for the guy, you know. I think now he's facing two, like, a, a, a heart disease, you know. I wish him all the best. I wish he recover soon. Let's pray for the guy. I think right now he needs our prayers more than anything, you know, about it. It's, it's tough. This is born from Kwanongoma Estate, but based on Orange Farm at the moment. Evening, Rob. Good evening to Solomon. It's uh, Libra again. My question to him, how did the, the relief fund from the protest players help him to fight against all these viruses or diseases? And the second question, why is he playing in Scotland? I want to know why is he playing in Scotland? Thank you very much, uh, Rob. Oh, well, Rob. Solomon. Uh, hey, what else can happen to a man, Rob? This man has seen it all. TB, coronavirus, that other disease, man, yo, that man is, a, is, is, is strong. I just wish him that he can recover, my man. And now the issue of this uh, EFC, Rob, they must just chill, chill, Rob. They must chill. They must relax. Uh, there's nothing like that that is going to happen. It cannot be allowed. You see, in South Africa, there's something that we are not doing right. It cannot be that our our cases are rising by a thousand every day. What we're going to see here in South Africa, it will be catastrophic. People are not... Uh, there's something that we are not doing right. We as the citizens of the country, I'm not going to say the government in this and the government that. We as the citizens, there's something that we are not doing right. Thanks, Rob. Samson Estelator. Good evening, Mr. Marawi. You speaking to Gamahela from Johannesburg. I was just listening to the conversation you're having with with the gentleman on on your show. And by the way, I just want to say that great show. And please, Marawa, continue dishing out magic shows, man. I love your shows. But anyways, let me focus on what I want to say. The gentleman on your show, he is brave. He is tough. Wow. Like, I am really, really, really amazed how he's surviving, hey? All I can say is that God is good. God is good all the time. Wow. Yo. Like, I just want to wish the gentleman all the best uh, throughout his career. I wish that he continues to achieve more and more and more and more achievements in his life. May he succeed. Thank you. Rob, it's Osiba Balwe, Malaysia in East London once again. Ah, solo mungu ni Rob. I try in Simba yuko biko wakaya maithanda. I, jam output, output strong, output, magabe strong, and um, 
may the good Lord be with him, you know, during this time, you know, and as a country we'll pray and keep him in our prayers, you know. He should know that he's not alone, is with us as the listeners of your show and the whole country were behind him. He should just remain strong and fight all these pandemics and we power. All right, 0605842250. That's the voice note number. Please send us a WhatsApp voice note. So, Solongweni is my guest. He's back in the country. He's recovering. And I don't blame the people that are saying what they're saying on the voice notes because you kind of get left cold. And why I say that is because when you absorb, you know, what has been going on here, and we'll try to get him back on the line again. Um, it just seems like uh, this cold weather is freezing the the lines, but nonetheless, no. In listening to the people that have been sending voice notes, they're saying This guy is a man. He is strong. How do you survive three major life-threatening illnesses, stroke diseases, and still be able to? to be brave and and still be able to be alive and be as confident as he is and as he sounds you know moving moving from 85 kgs to 59 kgs in the in the couple of months that he was in icu is again testimony to the person that he is hey solo i know i lost you again but good to have you back on the line you heard a couple of those voice notes uh, let me give you an opportunity to maybe respond to one or two. Uh, I know Bonga was talking about the kind of support you've got. Uh, then there was also a question about the relief fund uh, from the Proteus players. I know the likes of Duplessy, they were able to uh, lend their support as well. Everybody that's part and parcel of that team lent their support to you. They wanted to see you back. And, um, yeah, they put their money where their mouths are, and they all donated. They put forward cash into the relief fund so the question was basically um, how was it that that relief fund was able to get to you from the Proteus players and why the decision to play in Scotland so funny enough I've been overwhelmed um, with the amount of of support messages and love that I've received um, since I felt ill Um, I could not have imagined it even getting to this level and, you know, through, first and foremost, I have to thank my family and my friends who were there on the front lines with me, next to me, in the bed, every single day when I couldn't even talk. Um, and secondly, you know, it's, it's my teams and, and the organizations that, that support me, such as um, SACA and, and Cricket South Africa. And those funds are being used towards my uh, rehabilitation, um, which I said I'm be going to five times a week. So I'm highly appreciative of of what they've been able to do. It's been a massive relief um, for me and my family um, because it's a long journey. Doctors say they expect me to recover in 12 to 18 months and we're in month 10 now. And it's felt like 10 years to me. So it's, it's an extremely long journey and it does help, help to have these organizations with you walking the journey with you, you know? 
And talking about that, it's, it's not, it's not a, a cheap experience, this. I, mean, I remember, when was it earlier this year, they were talking about the estimate costs uh, being at about 350,000 rand uh, f- just for the treatment. I, I'm sure it's a whole lot more right now. But are you able to manage all of those in terms of uh, paying them off uh, solo? Uh, Rob, it's not easy. Um, it, it does take its toll on, on, on my family. We're still early in the process. Um, it's month 10. Um, thankfully, the funds that I've received from, from Cricket South Africa and, and actually Lungi Gidi in his, in his personal capacity um, has, has put some donations forward uh, for me for, to, to recover, which I found to be absolutely amazing, and, and God bless him. Um, and we're early in the recovery journey, and, and you know, for now the funds are they're okay, but we don't know um, where this will go down the, line, down the line and how impactful it will be um, financially it's, it's a long journey and i think we will we will be with you every step of the way um the other question i think yeah karma was just saying that you know what god is good i'm sure you heard that it was a very positive call uh, right yeah. towards the end you were saying that you're brave you're very tough um i mean you obviously made of sterner stuff somewhere somehow uh, you, you do the Lord's work in terms of showing us what humanity is all about and how to survive uh, the hardships of life. Let me take you back, though. I, I, I want to, because this is all part of our education through you, our growth through you, but also our indirect motivation back to you. This weirdly sounding Gillian Barr syndrome, it is something that I did not know about until last year when we started tracking and following your story and what was going on. When it was described to you, Solo, did you have any idea of what on earth these medical people were talking about and what kind of effect it was going to have on you and on your body? Zero um, understanding of, and I think the best way for, for you and for others listening to understand uh, sort of what actually happened is, is if I can explain um, to you guys how this all played out, right? So mm. I had a game on the Saturday. I was perfectly fine, played a good game, and and obviously I was I was tired like any after any other match, right? And I woke up on the Sunday morning, and I noticed when I was making myself uh, coffee that my 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 grip on the coffee mug was very weak. So I spoke to my flatmate and I asked him, how did he feel after yesterday's game? Because we were taking the Sunday off, it's just the rest day. And he said to me, he feels pretty tired. So I thought, okay, it's, it's not just me that's feeling sort of tired and weak. Sort of by lunchtime, um, I was on the couch watching the, the World Cup cricket final. It was New Zealand versus England. And my flatmate was a New Zealander. He was also an overseas player um, playing for the club. And he had gone to like a, a sports bar to watch the game to support New Zealand. And I told him I wasn't really feeling up to it because I was just feeling weak and, and tired. And, and I actually tweeted on the day that I feel super, super dehydrated. So I'm on my own at home watching the game and I want to make myself some lunch. And I get up. And as I get up, Rob, I, I notice that my, my legs are very wobbly. I don't know if you can if you can picture like when a giraffe or a deer gets born, you know, that wobbly sort of look. Mm-hmm. So I eventually... Look. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I'm like, yeah. my legs are like wobbly and collapsing, but I eventually get into my stride and I make myself lunch. I go back to the couch and I did think like, wow, that's 
that's weird, you know. So I get back onto the couch and I continue to watch the game. End up falling asleep um, after the game. My housemate comes back with his girlfriend uh, around dinner time, and I explain to him that well, everything that's been happening to me since I've been home on my own. Um, so at that point, I remember messaging my girlfriend actually that I'm struggling to even open a packet of chips. So I was extremely, extremely weak at that point. But funny enough, for some reason, I didn't panic because it didn't feel as if something respiratory or my breathing was difficult. It was just that my body felt extremely, extremely weak. So we ended up ordering um, takeout. And after the takeout, we we all wanted to go to bed. Um, But now, as I want to get off the couch to go to bed, I realized that I'm struggling. I'm, I'm really, really struggling to get off the couch as if, I, I can't even move. So I tell my housemates, or I ask him, can you please help me um, get off the couch? And he actually thought I was joking. He's like laughing with me. He's like, Solo, just get up. But like, come on. And I'm like, no, I, I actually can't get up. I don't know what's wrong. Come feel. So he tries to lift my, my legs. And he even feels it's like lifting dead weight. So I say to him, do you know what? His name's Callum. So I say, Callum, listen, get my blankets from my room. I'll sleep on the couch tonight. Just get my blankets. You guys go to bed. I'm sure I will sleep this thing off and tomorrow I'll be fine. Literally, that's, those are my words. So Callum goes, goes to bed with his girlfriend. I'm on the couch and it's like 2 a.m. now, late at night, and I, and I feel like I want to go to the bathroom after sleeping a couple hours. But now it's difficult to move. I can't, I can barely get off the couch. But now I'm fighting, 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 using all the energy that I have to get off the couch and I end up falling off the couch. So now I'm on the ground. <laughs> And this is when I realized I'm, I'm in a bad situation. Like, I'm trying to not panic, but I know this is not a good situation. So I'm screaming, and I'm screaming, Callum, Callum, help, help, Callum, I'm on the floor, help, help, call an ambulance. He doesn't hear me. I'm literally screaming for about five minutes, and I don't know if you've ever had to scream for five minutes straight. It's, it's long. Mm. Callum doesn't hear me. We had a little coffee table next to our couch, and my cell phone was on top of that but it was a little bit away from me. So I had to like crawl. I don't know if you've ever watched, um, have you watched Wolf of Wall Street before? Oh yes, yes. You know when he's getting out of the car and he's crawling towards his front door? Yes, yes. I'm I'm crawling like this towards my phone. And I eventually get there and I, but now I'm trying to reach and hold my phone, but everything is weak and I end up knocking my phone a little bit like, I knock it off the table further. and further away. Yeah. Yes. So now I have to roll, like, call even further to get to my phone. Huh. And then, luckily, um, I get to my phone, and I must say that I'm very, very lucky that, first of all, Callum was there that evening, because there would be evenings where he would go stay over at his girlfriend's place. And I don't know what could have happened if I was going through this by myself in the apartment alone with no one there. So I call him and he answers and I say, Callum, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm on the ground. Call an ambulance now. Fortunately, his girlfriend was from Aberdeen. She called the ambulance. They were there within 30 minutes. Got to the hospital. They stretched me into the ambulance. Got to the hospital. And the doctor asked me uh, some questions about how I was feeling sort of the, the, the week or two before this happened. Uh, I explained to him I was having a tummy bug. I was feeling very fluish. Uh, I was taking cold and free tablets every day, et cetera, et cetera. And he said to me, I think you have something called GBS. I didn't know what that was. I've never heard about it before. 
Um, and literally that, that conversation is the last conversation I remember before waking up in ICU. Yeah. That is, I mean, I, I don't even know. I, I'm listening to every word you're saying. I'm picturing exactly what you've been going through. And for you to still be here to recount all of this, Solo, I don't know what it is. I mean, I'm reading some of your tweets as well. And, and let me read one tweet that you, you tweeted on the 7th of May, saying, So last year I got GBS. I've been battling this disease for the past 10 months, and I'm only halfway through my recovery. I got TB. My liver failed, and my kidney failed. Now, today I tested positive for coronavirus. I don't understand why all of this is happening to me. But then fast forward six days ago, you, you tweeted Carenza C, Lictagon, Effaflu uh, C, Med Lemon, Ginger Tea, Lemon Water, Umshonyanid times three times a day for three weeks. And today I finally got some good news that I've recovered and tested negative for COVID-19. Feeling a lot better and more like myself. Thank you for all the support. Which is exactly what it is. I mean, I, I don't know what the next phase is for you right now. I know it's about the recovery. You're saying that the rehab is still going to be time-consuming. It's still going to be a process. You're going five times a week. I, I'm sure in the back of your mind and in the foreground of your all entire existence solo is that you want to be that professional cricketer that you were destined to be. Given your talent, and we know your talent, how good you are as a cricketer, is that what is driving you to get back there to live and see your life through until old age? It's a massive driving force for me, Rob, because I, I, know, you, I know you understand sports people more than anyone else. You know the hours that we put in. You know the ups and the downs that we go through. You know the tears that we shed. You know, we know, you know the dreams that we have. And you also know that we only have a limited amount of time in our entire life to be able to be athletic and be athletes, right? So sure. that is a massive driving force for me. And seeing so many of my peers and players that I've come up with along all the way from under-13s to under-15s, under-17s, under-19s to senior professional level and now seeing guys that are playing national team. I mean, Quinton de Kock used to be my my roommate uh, for the national under-19 team. He's now the captain of our country. You know, seeing all these guys flourishing in their careers, it gives me so much motivation to know that if I overcome this thing and, and I get back to my, my top peak level, what a story it could be. What a story it could be for me to put on that national, that national jersey one day after overcoming all of this and playing with guys that I've respected and have seen grow for years on years, playing with your best friends, representing your country. It doesn't get better than that, Rob. What was it like when Ben Stokes and, and Claire came over to visit you? It was a big surprise. <laughs> um, so how it, how it came about, um, so normally when I was in hospital, I would wear just the, the standard hospital gown because at that time I was, I was, I was paralyzed. I couldn't, I couldn't move my, my arms, my legs, just my head and neck and I was able to talk at that stage. Um, so it was easier to just wear the hospital gown. So my family uh, and my friends were trying to convince me to wear normal clothing on this, on this specific day. 
And I was trying to figure out one day, like, why do I need to wear normal clothing? I never wear normal clothing. I always wear the hospital gown. And they're like, no, 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 you need to wear normal clothing today. They didn't want to tell me why, you know. Um, and, and, and so I'm like, okay, fine, guys. I cracked. I, I put on the normal clothing. And lo and behold, after lunch, Gia um, walks in, Mr. Ben Stokes. So obviously, I was, I was super surprised. Um, I was taken aback. I have massive respect for, yeah. for Ben Stokes and what he's done in the game. And obviously, winning the World Cup last year. I was what, Literally, how, how, how funny is this? The day I got sick, I watched Ben Stokes win the World Cup for England. And then he comes and visits me in hospital. Like, you can't make this stuff oh. up, you know? That is crazy, man. Yours should be a movie, man. What the hell is going on? You can't make this stuff up, bro. Honestly, so it was it was extremely um, it was a powerful moment. We we had a conversation. Obviously, it was it was coming up for him to 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 go to South Africa. So he's just asking me some stuff about uh, the tour coming up, uh, the weather you can expect, conditions. He knows I've played yeah. with some of the guys. But are currently playing in the, in the national team. I mean, I've played with Anish Nokia since we since we were 13 years old, uh, and we've seen how how great he's been for the national team. Mm-hmm. So he was he was just having a conversation with me, and you know he he never looked at me once as if I can't get out of this thing. You know he never he never gave me the impression that he felt like yeah. I I this is it for me. My story ends here. My career ends here. And and that that was. That was uplifting for me, and it gave me the motivation to want to get back on the field one day and hopefully compete against him one day. And I told him, I said, you know, if I get better, we're having this conversation now. You, you visited me, you made my day, thank you, and everything. But if I'm on the field and, and we're against each other one day, I'm sorry. <laughs> like this is forgotten, and we can laugh about it after the game. So it's curtains for you. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like you made my day. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> If I recover from this and I'm on the field, I'm sorry. So, yeah, I mean, that was, that was a really cool moment. And I have to oh, say thank you to my friend of mine, uh, Dale from Scotland, um, who, who set it up. He emailed the ECB. They mm. responded. Um, and, and Ben put his hand up. He said he wanted to come see me. And, and that was a really, really cool moment. Uncle Phil on Twitter says, listening to Solo's stories is just amazing. When God has a plan for you, nothing can ever stop that. God bless this man. And uh, another one that I saw, uh, it was just somewhere here, just quickly refreshed. Uh, Nadia was saying that listening to Solo's interview, it says, you're a survivor. God and your ancestors have got you. The things that you've been through are unimaginable. May you recover fully. Please follow this man on Twitter as well. You know, I'm sure from time to time you'd love conversations uh, with South Africans at large. Uh, so on Twitter, he's at Solo, S-O-L-O, N-Q-W-U-E-N-I. So that's where he's at, at Solo Mweni on Twitter. Follow him. Have conversations. He is more than willing to give off all types of information uh, that comes through. He talks about his journey because he believes he can help other people. I, yeah, I'm still in shock. I don't even know. Uh, Solo, but we're going to be in touch with you. That Thank much you. I know. South Thank Africans are, are good human beings. I'm just happy that you sound as positive as you do right now. Please focus on the recovery. We'll be in touch with you. We'll inform South Africans what is happening. And uh, we'll reach out in times when difficulty creeps in because we want you fully, fully recovered. And thank you so much for your time, man. Thank you, Robin. Thank you for creating this platform to, for me to be able to, to share my story and share my, 
experience as I'm going through it, as I'm living it, you know, and, and I appreciate all the support that I've received from, from everyone who's played a part uh, in my journey, and, and I'm very, very thankful, and I'll keep working hard every single day to get back on that field. You're a champ, okay? Thank you, sir. Cheers, Rob. Have a good one. Wow. Yeah, let the music play, man. Anyway. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We got to pick it up from here, man. We got to pick it up from here.